This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 9th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. In Wisconsin, they have a curious way of grading butter, and it's caused some problems for out-of-state producers that want to sell their products in the state. Anastasia Bowden is an attorney with the Pacific Legal Foundation. We spoke last week in Dallas. Our client is Adam Mueller. He is the owner of a family-owned dairy in Minerva, Ohio. The company has been in business for about 100 years making ice cream, butter, various dairy products, cheese. And uh, yeah, he just wants to make some butter. And it's really good butter. It's artisanal butter. It's made in the Amish fashion. Um, It doesn't have the same taste and consistency as as table butter, and it's not meant to. It's it's made from grass-fed, uh, pasture-raised cows, and it's something more akin to Kerrygold than Land O'Lakes. Now, you said this is really good butter. <laughs> okay. Now, I, right. I, put that in, I wrote that down. That is a matter of opinion. That's right. And yet, in Wisconsin, there are human beings— uh, using their measurement devices that they have inside their mouths mm-hmm. to determine whether or not butter is acceptable to sell in Wisconsin. So, right. what is what is the nature of the the scientific uh, of, process? Of, well, uh, what is the nature of the regulation in Wisconsin that makes it so hard for out of state uh, producers of butter to sell it there? Sure. In Wisconsin, you cannot sell butter unless it has first gone through a government-mandated taste test and then is labeled with the government's grade. So you have to get someone licensed by the state to come taste your butter each and every batch. And of course, for Adam, that's extremely burdensome because he produces all of his butter in small batches. So each batch has to be constantly graded. And then tell the public what Wisconsin butter graders think of your butter. Of course, as you said, taste is subjective. So just because Wisconsin thinks it tastes one way um, doesn't mean that consumers agree. All right. So you have sued the state on behalf of this guy. You know, in general, what's wrong with having uh, regulations within a state that say, hey, look, we, we're a sovereign state. Uh, if you want to sell your product here, you go through our rules in order to do it. What's wrong with that? Well, a couple things. I mean, one thing is that this this law will actually shut Adam down in Wisconsin because it is so expensive for him to either hire a grader to grade each process and then upend his entire distribution system so that he can figure out which batches of butter are going specifically to Wisconsin and relabel them, produce separate labels for Wisconsin that have this stamp on them, which also brings down his brand equity because now he's associated with this stamp that really is used for commodity butters and he's an artisanal butter. So there's all these costs to his businesses that that, that he would essentially be prohibited from selling in Wisconsin. So it's it's very onerous for no good reason. And the other, the other problem is that the Constitution requires that any restriction on your right to earn a living must be rational. And this is inherently arbitrary. Uh, it's affirmatively irrational. Okay, so uh, it should surprise no one uh, to learn that there are large corporate interests that uh, are interested in preserving the system as is. 
Absolutely. You know, we were talking about whether Adam's butter tastes good. I mean, I think it tastes good. It's won, it's won awards across the country. And yet it does not rank at the highest level in Wisconsin because the grades have been structured to favor big butter makers. Uh, but you haven't heard of that one. You know, there's big tobacco, big whatever. This is big butter. But the standards favor big butter such that Land Lakes and brands like that come out on top. And artisanal butter makers who intentionally taste differently and in some people's opinions better are graded at a lower level. And so the big butters like this because it basically makes all the little butters look like they taste bad in the eyes of Wisconsin consumers. And also they're they're better able to absorb these costs of, of having a butter grader. So it favors them and puts up barriers to competition. Okay, so uh, Land Lakes is the clear winner uh, when it comes to the standards, the tongue-based standards associate, uh, set up by Wisconsin. What is? What are the next steps for your uh, case? Yeah, well, uh, unbelievably, we lost. <laughs> uh, the court said that the state does have an interest in uh, communicating to consumers whether butter tastes good, that it would be a real harm if consumers were to purchase butter that they thought tasted good and it, it didn't live up to their standards. Well, because, you know, if bad butter were allowed to be sold on the market, of course it would take over. Right, because, it would win. People, <laughs> people don't have the sense to uh, determine for themselves whether or not something tastes good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's the government's theory, and it won. Um, we were really surprised because at oral argument there was some skepticism. You know, one of the judges had grown up on a farm and had he had made his own butter, and he and you know so he was skeptical of this. I don't need somebody coming in and tasting my butter and telling me if butter is good or not. But that's sort of the nature of constitutional litigation in the realm of economic regulations right now. Is the government just gets total deference. So inherently arbitrary is, <laughs> I mean, it is it is a matter of taste that, uh, you know, we are, we welcome in every other arena of buying and selling products. We don't need someone to tell us whether or not something that is at least safe is good or bad. Right. There's no dispute here that this better is perfectly safe for consumption. And, and you can imagine if this type of law was expanded to other industries. I mean, what if we have you know, this is expanded to coffee, and then the standards are set up such that Folgers is ranked number one, and some of these more artisanal producers, you know, would come out as lesser in the government's view. And it's subject to such cronyism, and it's so arbitrary, and yet we lost. And so we are appealing, we are filing a petition to the Supreme Court asking them to take up this issue and to to put an end to this uh to this regime and to affirm butter freedom for all Americans. And it's interesting uh, to note the U.S. Supreme Court in particular has had a lot of cases that have dealt with dairy products. <laughs> it's, That's it's, right. It's a, very, it's a very strange thing to think about, but milk and butter and, uh, have, and cheese have, have all been before the Supreme Court in some capacity. That's right. You know, some of the most important uh, constitutional law cases have come out of that area having to do with, with dairy. Who knew that dairy would be so influential on American constitutional jurisprudence? Anastasia Bowden is an attorney at the Pacific Legal Foundation. We spoke last week in Dallas. Subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>